The Library by Francis Rosenfeld If Story What do you mean? I don't understand, Gwen mumbled. Well, number six responded. We know you went to Sunday school at some point and have been taught this. Rejoice, you were chosen. Chosen for what? Gwen jumped to her feet. Just chosen. How lucky are you? Number one joined the conversation. Why aren't you happy? Is this improv? Is it? She looked around for a telltale glance. Are we veering off the Greek tragedy sensibility and venturing into the fantasy genre? Gwen, number four approached her with his usual kindness. Please believe them. They are telling you the truth. Don't you wonder how this? He gestured broadly towards the surroundings. All of this is even possible. Of course I wonder. That doesn't mean I'm going to entertain preposterous beliefs to fill in the gaps. Preposterous? Isn't this your faith? The revelation is supposed to be allegorical, not literal. And you are so sure of this because, what? You're educated. Number seven mocked. For one, there's no way y'all are angels. Number three stood up and left, visibly offended. See what you did. Number eight whispered in a dry tone. You should apologize. You were inexcusably rude, especially under the circumstances. Don't you understand how blessed you are for being one of the chosen? You mean, well, yes. And this is what? Heaven. Not exactly. See? During the first half of the rapture, we just get people to a safe location. And here, in the middle of nowhere, with no food, water or ways to call for help, this is my safe house. Precisely, nobody will look for you here. And besides, who is going to do you harm when there are seven angels guarding you? Gwen decided to play along. If this was improv, and goodness knows the numbers like to throw in a surprise here and there. She didn't want to be a stick in the mud. So, you are angels, then. Humans like to call us that. Number four nodded. It's complicated. Isn't it always? Gwen retorted. Aren't you supposed to have wings, or superpowers or something? Ah, humans. They are nothing if not creative. The details you can spin out of fragments of information. It's a pleasure to watch. So, what am I? The Chosen, supposed to do now. Gwen assumed her role in all seriousness. Saying thank you would be nice, number eight suggested. But what about the others? What happened to the other people? Gwen faked concern, convinced as she was of the farcical aspect of this scene. We were assigned to you, number three responded. This place is completely isolated from common reality, and we are not supposed to leave your side. Not while you're here. We don't know what has happened down below. Oh, so we're above now. Then, Gwen embroidered on his theme. Above is relative, he answered. The number of layers is infinite. But yes, you're above where you were before, at least symbolically. What does that even mean? Don't worry about it. What's important is you are safe, here, with us. No offense, Gwen looked down trying not to laugh, but if I am, as you say, chosen, shouldn't I be in a place with milk and honey or something, instead of gutting meal, baked in the desert sun? Did you, in your entire existence, 
ever dream about rivers of milk and honey? Number seven asked, rhetorically. No, of course not. That's insane. Who'd want to bathe in honey? Have you ever had a honey face mask? Not the easiest thing to get out of your hair. What did you always want? On one of those rare occasions when you imagine what you'd ask God if ever offered the opportunity. Well, we played this game in college once. Gwen confessed, determined to get into character. You'd have to excuse the flight of fancy. We were all pretty plastered. But I said if I ever got to meet God, I'd ask him about all the things I don't know. Like what? The meaning of life or something. Number one quizzed her, amused. Oh, hell no. She covered her mouth. I'm sorry, I shouldn't say that here, should I? No, nothing of the sort. More like what was before the Big Bang. What is the fate of humankind? What happens after the death of the universe? What's outside of it? Stuff like that. Your wish was granted. Number one danced around her, ending with a graceful bow. We are here to give you the answers. We are the library. The library. We are the library. The others joined in a hypnotic dance. Oh, okay. Here we go. Gwen couldn't help being amused. Back to normal. The mushroom brew will follow any moment now. Would you like some? Number four offered graciously. I seriously doubt it can do you any harm here. This is going to be fun, she thought. A little deviation from routine can be just what the doctor ordered. Let's start with some straightforward questions. So, ah, uh, library. What is outside the universe? You mean this one? There are others. Of course. Fine. What's outside this universe? Number five closed his eyes, making Gwen close her eyes too, without even thinking, and her inner world got instantly bathed in a rain of tiny buzzing particles, sparkly like mica dust, whose collective charge made her muscles tingle and her nose itch. That, number five explained laconically, it's kind of hard to explain in words. Oh, I see, you're a hypnotist. And I'm Santa, number seven mocked her. Get it through your head, girl. You've been through the rapture. Humans, so pig-headed. So, Gwen ignored him. What was that? Like, a neutrino bath? Potentiality, number five replied. The realm of the possible. Things that almost happened. Things yet to be? Fine, have it your way. Next question, why was I chosen? The numbers looked at each other, surprised by the unexpected question. Sometimes the simplest questions are the hardest to answer. No reason whatsoever. Number seven eventually did. Happy, that's not an answer. Gwen revolted. If this was supposed to be a fun game, the numbers didn't bother to put any effort into it. That's the best I've got. The universe is kind of random. If you haven't noticed, we were here to receive the one who showed up. It was you. Could have been someone else. They were pulling her leg and Gwen got tired of this game, which seemed childish compared to the sophisticated talks the eight usually had around the fire. Talks made even more exciting by the variety of botanical enhancers which accompanied them. So she got up to go back to the house and get some sleep. Don't forget to gather the eggs. Number four lifted his voice behind her, making her turn around. Oh, so we're hunters and gatherers in heaven, is that it? Gwent snapped. Because, what, 
Angels need to eat. Don't be disrespectful, young human. Number four got up to his feet, slowly, and kept rising, as if there was no limit to his standing up. He kept growing taller, until his shadow stretched across the landscape, covering Gwen, the rocks, and the house. The chickens clucked, agitated by the presence of the supernatural, and hid in his shadow, instinctively drawn to it for protection. Gwen froze. She gulped hard and looked up at the being whose height stretched twenty, maybe thirty feet up in the air now, too shocked by his appearance to move from the place or even utter a sound, as if she got struck by lightning. Her entire life flashed before her eyes, and she tried very hard to find a reason, any reason, why she would be chosen. That would make her worthy of the protection of not one, but seven angels and she came up with nothing. She looked at the sky, which was a symphony of colors, and their collective impression, a swirl of summer pastels, reminded her of the rainbow ice cream she always asked for when she went to the state fair as a child. I thought you might enjoy that. Number four smiled and nodded. He had a radiant look on his face, which looked weirdly translucent in the setting sun. The colors sang in concert, and the air vibrated with their harmony. The whole of reality resonated to their tune, as if imbued with the spirit of life. Beautiful, isn't it? Number four commented, genuinely pleased, slowly closing his eyes in a way which reminded Gwen of a cat. For a person who just found out she had gone through the rapture, Gwen wasn't feeling any different, and if number four wasn't thirty feet tall at the time, she would have chalked up the whole experience to a strange dream induced by a very hard-to-digest dry deal. She was dumbstruck, like one would be in the presence of angels, and just sat there, by the fire, listening to the seven debate deep philosophical concepts, interspersed with bits of ancient poetry and fragments of songs. The night fell around the campfire and Gwen never remembered its spirited darkness feeling so warm and welcoming, as if every molecule of air was made of pure love. She wondered how she never felt the truth. She'd been with them for who knows how long, graced by their sight, made better by their presence, simultaneously aware of how ridiculous these thoughts sounded when confronted with the reality of the visibly inebriated group whose loud voices drowned the sounds of the desert crickets and less than mellifluous stones. You're nothing like I expected, she couldn't help a thought. Did you give a lot of thought to angels in your previous life? Number one asked her, genuinely curious and the sheer normality of this interaction was enough to make Gwen lose all sense of reality. She had to think for five minutes before answering, like she had never formed a thought before. All her brain connections seemed so slow she could barely remember the beginning of the thought by the time she arrived at its end. Don't worry about that. It's us. We're a bit faster than you are. You mean that's what we sound like to you all the time? Gwen blurted, how can you keep your focus until the end of a thought? We're trained in patience. It's the highest virtue. Overrated, if you ask me. Number seven gulped a generous helping of dry deal and washed it down with tequila. Want some? Thank you. Gwen took a piece of eel and minched demurely, terrified at the thought of offending an angel. 
That didn't seem to stop you before. Number seven stared her straight in the eyes, with a gaze that felt like it pierced through her skull and came out the other side. Relax, will you? All that tension is going to give me indigestion. Can you get indigestion? That was the first and only thought that popped into Gwen's head, which was ironic considering the library was there to answer whatever deep questions on the nature of existence were haunting her mind. She was pretty sure the matter of angelic digestion was nowhere on that list. Metaphorically speaking, number seven clarified. So, she whispered, whatever question I have, you'll answer it for me. Of course, the numbers got up as one, strangely spry for the amount of spirit they'd been imbibing. We are here for you. We are the library. The library. We are the library. The Greek choir responded. They joined hands and started circling the fire, and Gwen stared at them like an idiot, trying to adjust to her new reality where she was now watching seven vaguely human figures engaged in a dance in which they weren't touching the ground. I must be high, Gwen thought. Somebody must have put something in my food. There is no other explanation. I told you it was useless, number six told number three. They never believe us, the humans. It's like they are mentally programmed to dismiss any intelligent life except for their own and I use the term intelligence loosely here. Hey. Gwen wanted to protest, caught up in the moment and forgetting for a moment who she was talking to. Did you say something? Number six turned around to face her. She didn't answer. That's what I thought, he told number three, displeased. They're never sure enough to dismiss us or brave enough to confront us. Wasted energy. If you ask me, you get offered the chance to get answers to all your questions and what do you do? You act like the cat got your tongue. Am I dead? Gwen asked in a daze. Finally, a proper question. Of course not. If you remember your Sunday school, you're the very opposite of dead. But this can't be real. This can't possibly be real. Gwen finally snapped. I just graduate college. For crying out loud, the rapture is just a story. I'm probably Buddhist. You think too much. Come, dance with us, have a drink, relax. You're so high-strung you make the milk sour. She took a gulp of tequila, which tasted exactly like one would expect a brew concocted in a barrel in the middle of the desert to taste like, and joined them in the dance, in awe of the fact she was dancing with angels.